today. Is San it? Francisco. I haven't stepped outside yet. It's just out. It's <laughs> it's a little uh, it's a little nippy here in San Francisco. But San Francisco with the sun out. Does that mean anything? I don't know anymore. <laughs> I know, man. You know, it was weird. I was in. I went to Sacramento yesterday. What was that about? I know. Right? Some guy hired me to uh, to. I'll, oh man. I'll get into it later, but welcome right. to another episode of, uh, I hate Sacramento, but I'm just kidding. Uh, welcome to another episode of Mighty Beast Podcast. My name is Sean Pierre and I am here with my man, Carlo. What's up guys? Amazing weekend of fights. Hell yeah. Jeez. How was your weekend, <laughs> Carlo? It was pretty good. Like, um, you know, Saturday was busy with clients um i had a short meeting with uh the fight team um which, that afternoon. which fight team my fight team omega martial arts nice. I, and, uh, I didn't know you had a fight team i thought you were just kind of freelancing around oh yeah yeah i guess i didn't make that clear you know i do teach here in san francisco but uh me and uh armando ramos we have our little group of guys that we've been working with for for a few years um and we get into fights that sounds weird saying it like that. Yeah, that, yeah we that, just get into cool fights. We walk around at strip malls and we get into fights. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> yeah. So Omega Martial Arts, we, we've had this group for since I want to say, shoot, 2016 ish. Um, even though I've been training some of these same guys since before that year, but then we all kind of just um, represent under that same banner of Omega. So I had a meeting with uh, Matt and Ray two of my fighters that fought in previous weeks. We've talked about them yeah. been on the podcast. Congrats guys. So thank you. And looks like, uh, we're going to be in good shape to go to the United States Muay Thai open in Arizona in April to compete in the Muay Thai tournament there. So we're excited about trying to put together plans for that, putting together the training regimen, getting your schedule, getting the training routine set for the every week till then. Putting that together was nice. And then I went and taught the seminar over at Summer Martial Arts in Pinole. How was that? It was fun. Getting these kids uh, excited about jujitsu. They're going to be competing at the Charles Gracie oh, uh, Charles Gracie Invitational in April. Where's this? Now, it's going to be, in, I think, in Lathrop, which is like a town 15 minutes, 10 minutes outside of Tracy. Yeah, I've been a small I've, town. I've passed through there, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. They're definitely part of like what would be considered like drive through country, yeah. I guess in California. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so agriculture. Yeah. Agriculture. Yeah. yeah. Well, the bad thing is I would want to help out at the tournament, but the U S MTO uh, in Arizona is happening that same weekend. So mm. I'll just be, so I, I, so I give these students great advice. You know, I, when I say to them, I say, look, if you do well, make sure you tell me about it. If you don't do well, you make sure you blame it on the other coach. Okay. I wasn't there. <laughs> blame the other guy. Blame the other guy. And Dude, also what happened on Saturday is actually I got up at around 4.30 in the morning to watch my friend Ty fighting in Thailand. Yeah. She did Dude, another. She's been fighting pretty frequently, no? Yeah. She four times in the past five months. Congrats, Ty. Uh, and she's doing really well because now uh, just the rankings for the World Muay Thai Organization just came out. And she's now ranked number eighth in the world of uh, female Muay Thai fighters. And just to give you an idea of who's on this ranking, you know, Stamp is number one, Janet Todd, number two, Jackie Boonton, oh. number three. So uh, 
pretty pretty meaty list, yeah. Ty. Good job. <laughs> I should have gotten her autograph while she was still out here in the Bay Area before she big time yeah. me. Even yeah, though I think we're time. I think I think we're still friends. She needs to start <laughs> listening to this podcast because we're probably gonna have to start mentioning her a lot more. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> How about you, man? What was your weekend like? Oh man, so uh, we went on kind of like a little uh, out out of San Francisco adventure. We went to Half Moon Bay, went to the beach. Haven't been at a beach in a while. There was a string of days where here in the Bay Area, it was, it was almost like summertime. Like yeah, especially during week. like the last leg of the week and then yeah. a little bit towards the um, the weekend and went to uh, Montara Beach. You know, it's, it was, have you ever been down that way? Um, Montara Beach, is that past yeah. Half Moon Bay or? That is right before all the, the big stuff over there. Kind of like the, that little downtown with the paddle boarding and stuff like that. Uh, I don't think I've ever stopped yeah. in that area. Yeah. Anyway, it's, you're only out there if you're going to the pumpkin patch or if you're taking the one down to Santa Cruz, but I mean, who does that? Uh, we went out there, just hung out with the cousins, uh, my son's little cousins, set up a little tent, got a little sunburned. Ouch. Yeah. And then that, <laughs> you gotta yeah. be careful, man. And we, we <laughs> fucked up cause we forgot to give, we forgot to bring my son's <laughs> swim trunks. Right. So he was that kid in his fucking Avengers underwear hey. in the cold water. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. I, know, you right? can, you I can't feel left those. out swimming. man. Exactly. Cause he was, he looked like a fool with, with his pant legs rolled up. And it's, that's not a good look. <laughs> uh, other than that, had a burger and then watched the Super Bowl. Not really. No, I didn't watch the Super Bowl. Honestly, I was just with my kids, but. For the most part, Super Bowl. I, I heard it was cool. Did did you watch it at all? I honestly, I spent most of the Super Bowl playing two K. Oh, which uh, one? And, uh, NBA two K eighteen. So like, dude, I used a to couple of months ago, it. a couple of months ago, my DVD player. I still watch DVDs. My DVD <laughs> player broke, okay. and so I was. I asked a friend of mine. Uh, shout out to New. I could buy his PS, his old PS3 off of him. And, yeah. and he decided he just, he just gave it to me for my birthday. So I was super generous and gave me all of his old games. Dude. So I went to, I went to GameStop and ordered, um, old 2k, old 2k. So I got 2k 18. So I was playing mostly 2k 18, uh, during the game. Dude. I've lo- I caught the last three and a half minutes of the game, you know, when everything was at stake and that was, that was pretty entertaining. And then I caught the halftime show online. They put it on YouTube later yeah. on to kind of see what people were talking I haven't about. Seen it. How was that? But I was, it was, it was cool. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. yeah. Why are people bagging on 50 Cent so much, man? He's fucking 50 something years old. Well, we live in the internet age. So you Fuck. find anything that's, that got a lot of views uh, on a broadcast. I mean, you got to make a meme out of it. Too. I mean, you got to make on. a meme out of it. Yeah. You know, you know what it is. Gosh, man. man. Just, and then. And then they started making, they were starting to bag on Snoop Dogg for smoking right before a show. He does that every fucking show. Well, you know what? I, you know what's interesting? Um, there's this, I think the where we're talking about the same thing. There's this meme of this Twitter account saying, Snoop doing this, lost a fan. Oh, if you I look saw at, But if you look at that profile on Twitter, <laughs> that, that guy's or gal's uh, Twitter page is all jokes and irreverence uh, and stuff. It's mm, completely sarcastic. Yeah. So <laughs> makes, but Snoop, sense. Snoop, makes sense. But Snoop, man, the guy at his age, man, that guy could still perform because I remember watching Dre and Snoop at the, in the up and smoke tour 
years ago. I don't oh, know if you remember that. Yeah, Smoke dude, Tour. I love those. I never yeah. went to any of them, but I always that was saw when they videos. Did that, that was when they did the uh, NWA reunion at the end. Wow. So they toured with uh, with M, with Ice Cube. Fucking M. Uh, it was, and so that was a good tour. And man, they could still perform, man. So it was a good time. It was a little, you know, nice nostalgia, nice yeah. walk down memory lane. Kendrick Lamar was good. Mary yeah. J. Bly still has it. So all us old heads can feel happy for a little bit, feel young for a few minutes, you know? Wow. Well, that's amazing, man. What'd you think about the fights though? The fights were amazing. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, but before we get heavy into it, uh, did you, did, were you able to watch Douglas Silva de Andrade versus Morozov? I did, man. Okay, yeah. <laughs> We're going to start with that one? <laughs> let's start with that. Can we start, start with that one? Well, I just wanna, because I know I'm going to forget about it because yeah. the, the main card was pretty incredible, but I just want to make sure that we cover the fight of the night, and I want to know yeah. what you thought about that. I don't know how much trouble he was in during that first round because he was cut up pretty bad. I think that, that just made it look worse. But right. the Silva was... Ugh. Yeah, just to recap for people who didn't really see it. Yeah. Uh, Silva Dandraj got dropped bad in the first yeah, round. Dropped bad. bad. He was like, trouble. it looked like it was over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good good on the referee for not pulling a, you know, a caca on that. But, dude, Douglas <laughs> Silva Dandraj, he, he wasn't even, they weren't, like, remember what you were talking about last week where, or that one, that other fight where there was no defense at all? Yeah. The, this was one of those. Here. Zero defense. I have it on my notes yeah. here when I was talking, when, when I know we we're going to talk about this fight, like yeah. zero defense. Yeah. <laughs> and it's always those crazy, buff, ugly Brazilians that are like, like that, you know? <laughs> in the lower weight classes. Yeah. Too. And they just like have the shitty haircuts. Classes. And oh my God. But those are like the fucking savages, man. Oh, those are the dangerous ones. So like so, Silva de Andrade gets dropped in the first, yeah, and then Morozov gets dropped two times in the second, <sighs> and then it gets finished with rear naked choke. It was incredible. I mean, the action was just un, like unbeatable in that fight. The way he went to sleep, also was kind of oh scary. my god, that was that's the a whole, scary one. Where their eyes are still open yeah. and they <laughs> don't know what they what they're looking at. Like maybe they're seeing the tunnel because oh, their their brain like, is shutting that's down. The closest, <laughs> the closest feeling of being dead, probably. Huh? Oh god! <laughs> oh my god! I think I remember um, Viz being making a joke about that. It's like, yeah, I know how that feels. <laughs> 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 it's scary. It looks scary. It looks scary. <laughs> you know what Viz being was saying when he was talking about. Uh, the performance, you know, because he was getting a lot of flack. We'll talk about that in the current events later. But um, he was talking about sometimes these guys, they're so dominant for a long time. And then they kind of taper off because a lot's mm. at stake at this point. Maybe they had a mm-hmm. contract or like mm-hmm. at that point they start playing it safe. And then there was there was some tweets by Michael Chandler and saying that, you know, you're supposed, you're supposed to fight pretty much. In in my words, you got to fight like Michael Chandler, and you you got to throw caution to the wind and get you know have that risk of getting knocked out to make big fights. But in reality, it there there is a lot at stake. So if you if you yeah if we're talking about the main event, I thought uh, Izzy did enough to to win the fight. I, you watched it twice, and I was like, you know, I better watch it another time because I might yeah. I might fuck this up. And I agree with you. I I went with three two. 
And I say maybe one in five was, oh, sorry, not one, uh, two or three was a toss up for me. And then mm-hmm. five for sure for Whitaker. But the mm-hmm. rest was all Izzy, I think. There was right. just too much distance control. Um, I know that Whitaker was still landing those jabs and a little, you know, with those takedowns, but he wasn't really holding them down for that long. Right. There's, there's right. no, I don't, I don't feel like that there was any dominance in any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we, we talked about this a little bit last week where I mentioned that it's going to be a good fight. It's going to yeah. be more of a chess match, but it's not going to be a high volume fight. Yeah. It wasn't going to be a high paced action fight. Number one, there's too much at stake. Number two, though, Israel's not that kind of fighter. No. You know what I mean? And he can clo- he could control the distance so much that he yeah. could prevent a high action guy from controlling the pace and pushing it like that. You know? That's very I think I think uh Israel is very impressive with his leg kicks and body kicks. And one of the things I like to see, what I loved seeing was his use of left, kick, left kicks to the body, the mm. switch kick to the body. Yeah, that's, you lost, don't really, that's a lost start. I agree. You don't, yeah, you don't see that a lot in MMA. Number one, most people's backgrounds come from either wrestling or perhaps boxing. And so developing kicks and that type of timing does take time. So maybe that's not a natural thing. But you do see that like in glory kickboxing. You see that in Muay Thai a lot, the mm. switch left kick. It's one of those weapons you can use to control the distance and prevent someone who's maybe punch heavy from trying to close that distance. Right. But I'll say this Whitaker's left hand started finding its home and and he he had an awkward way of throwing it too, kind of leaning towards his right and then throwing his left hand and kind of this kind of loopy jab and it would find its home sometimes. Right. And he was able to chain some takedowns off of it. So that was impressive. Um, one of the things I did think was kind of funny though, listening, listening to the fight. And this is why I would, when I was messaging you this weekend mm-hmm. that I have to watch the fight with the sound off yeah. is just DC and Bisbing just ejaculating all over themselves <laughs> talking about Israel. I mean, was I, well, am I the only one that thought that just the Adesanya love from those two was just mm-hmm. a little overwhelming? <laughs> I think uh, Anthony Smith, I was listening to Bisbing's podcast and Anthony Smith even admitted to Bisping saying that he had to turn off the uh, his the audio because he was just like I'm getting, I can't I can't listen to this anymore. <laughs> but I mean, to be honest, those I mean, two love yeah. some Adesanya. <laughs> to be honest, I when I was watching it, I was watching it on my iPad, and my son, I was trying to put my son to sleep, so I couldn't really put the audio up. So I guess I enjoyed it a little bit more than okay, I did the first helps. time. So uh, just by coincidence, obviously, but. Do you think that the the reason why Whitaker, I mean, he had success taking him down, but that's an amazing feat because it it's it's hard enough to take Izzy down anyway yes. because of his good anti wrestling. But because I feel like Whitaker is a natural, I, I feel like he's still a natural welterweight. He's he's a very small middleweight for the, cl- for the weight class. And yeah, he did look like he had a small frame in there. Didn't but he? Did you notice the size difference, even though Izzy is, is skinnier, but his height and his reach were, it, yeah. so, it made it almost look like a, a featherweight fighting a, 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 a 25 or something like that. You know? <laughs> I don't know if I would go that far, but you're right. You're right. The length, now that I think about it, the length was very apparent the difference in reach just trying to get into the kitchen 
it took a couple of steps for Whitaker to get to where he wanted. And maybe that's why his left hand was his weapon of choice in terms yeah. of striking. Number so one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the closest weapon he can use his longest weapon. He didn't want to get into a, a punching exchange or mm. a striking exchange with Israel. So he, he was kicking he kept, though. He kept it to ones. Yeah. But using that front leg, yeah. touching that front leg, finding his range. So I think that was a good strategy on his part. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we were talking about rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to touch on that again. I gave rounds one, three, and four to Izzy and rounds two and five to Whitaker. Yeah. I'm going to so, agree with that. Yeah. So, I, so and I, I was thinking like, wow, was, did I score this right the first time? Dude, this and is the so, first time we've actually really got it right though because we, we chose... Yeah, we've had the, some main events pretty yeah. wrong in the past few weeks. This is finally one that we <laughs> kind of figured out. We kind of predicted also. And we kind of, yeah, we kind of also nailed down a little bit of how it would happen, right? I mean, yeah. I don't think either of us predicted a finish, right? No, it yeah, wasn't going to so. happen this time. He's too smart. I mean, Whitaker's way too smart to fall for all that stuff again. Or to come in like... He's super, high levels. Yeah, he's yeah, super he'd, high he'd, level. He'd make the adjustment. He would right. make the adjustment. Here's the next question. If Robert Whitaker would have moved down, does he get a, a title shot right away with Kamaru? Because of, because of his kind of body of work right now. I mean, he's, he, he's only lost this one. He's beat, I think he was maybe three or four in a row before he got the title shot. Right. And... There were talks like, oh, he, you know, he's too small, so maybe he should move down, maybe get a tune-up fight, or um, he has to answer to the the man, the myth, Hamzat Chmaev, as his next fight. Man, that's a good question, right? I mean, if he, he I don't, so far it doesn't look like he's going to move down, right? So we're talking like pure hypotheticals. Yes, uh, I think. It'd have to be like a big money fight for him to want to move down. Yeah. So you're talking like a big draw Walter weight or the champ. Yep. And I think he's earned that because he's earned money for the company. He's a big yeah. name. Especially in his He's a former champ. Yeah. Right. So I know in the MMA world, Chimaev is kind of this guy that everyone's kind of just lurking right there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you say, if you put on a billboard Whitaker, and Chimaev, if that puts enough butts in the seats to make it worth the promotions while, I mean, it'd be fun to think about as an MMA fan, but I don't think that's the fight to make to kind of build up uh, excitement and juice around the division. Yeah. You give him a big name. You give him Masvidal, Covington, or the champ. Yeah. That's the way I would do it. If you want to make money. <laughs> that's true. Now, speaking of Hamzat Chimaev, you know, he, he was tweeting saying that Israel, he would finish Israel in one round because of his lack of wrestling and even using yeah. the kill. Yeah. That, yeah. That's kind of scary. Um, he believes in himself. <laughs> do you think it's just a matter of time before? Because who, who's, is he going to fight? He's probably going to fight Cannoneer next because he was kind of next in line, but oh, that's there's also exciting too. Sean yeah. Strickland in the, in the back over there. That's true. Um, so what happens next for Izzy? I think it's Cannoneer. It has to be. I mean, after, especially after that performance. Because what did we say last week? We had 
it was Brunson had a wrestler's chance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, only and if his wrestling was going to hold up, right? Oh, and it didn't. What was up with that? We no. got to talk about that, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it has to be Cannoneer. If there's any, right now, the way he won was super impressive. Yeah. And he's right there. And everyone was saying his name afterwards. Everyone was saying, everyone was saying, saying Jared's name afterwards. Mm-hmm. So Izzy wants to be busy. He wants to fight in June. If they could make it happen, let's go. Let's go while the juice is while the juice is there. Is it weird that Jared Cannonier looks like a created character of of if you were to create a character oh, I, on the UFC fighting yeah, game or something? Like, <laughs> like my career. That dude is Fred <laughs> City. But there were, did you did you see the the most important part, which was the backhand? Oh, the, the backhand or the back yeah, fist or something like a, that. He missed with the right hand, yeah. and that same right hand came back and did the whole "give me my money" yeah. move. I've seen this a yeah. lot, especially when someone's trying to put someone away, or they feel like they're they've got the upper hand, or just yeah. just trying to throw everything at them. I, I there have been a quite a few backhanded compliments <laughs> in MMA the past few years from these guys who try to strike their strike their way to victory. So I liked it. I, it showed a confidence too. And he must have felt something too. He must have felt something in that second round where he knew he was going to get Brunson, where he knew he was going to get him. Like, how did you see that fight? I thought, because in the, in the, in the first round, didn't Jared Kennedy get taken? He got taken down for a second. Oh, Brunson. Yeah. Brunson looked like he got him and then he was going to get him and it just sap him. Yeah. But then it seemed like the wrestling sap Derek. Like what well, happened there? You think? R- r- I mean, you also have to remind yourself that Jared Cannonier competed at heavyweight, light heavyweight, now middleweight. Mm. So it's like, do you think that his, he's just that fucking strong? Like it has like, to. I mean, look yeah. at him. He, he's, he's a super cerebral guy too, man. I, I've heard one of his interviews uh, the other day. Uh, he was on Bisbing's podcast also. And he's just, you know, he lives that like martial arts lifestyle. He, mm. you know, and. I don't doubt that he's just so fucking strong from just all those fights and just being up and down those weight. He's probably like a rock or like a stone at this point. You know, I think you have a good point there uh, because even though he's a middleweight right now, his bone density is probably such that it's still strong enough to carry that heavyweight muscle that he used to have. So Brunson trying to grapple with that and hold that down and then plus getting hit with that type of mm-hmm. yeah that mass, type of force that type of force i it probably that's probably what wore him down in that second like probably, yeah he got the takedown but man i had to pay an entrance fee to get that close and now my body is just giving out yeah because brunson looked like a completely different fighter in the yeah. second round and by the time he he ate those that those punches and that those elbows it was just a different yeah. different story there man but that was super impressive by Jared. But yeah, I mean, I would love to see this be made for the fight in June. Yeah. I would love this to be their June event. They'd have to, ooh, they'd stack it too, hopefully, because it's like almost like a summer card, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you'd have June and then July would be like your 4th of July fight week uh, card. That would be the big, big, yeah. that would be the big, big one. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Well, I feel like a, a star was born also in the co-main 
I mean, Tai Tuivasa versus Derek Lewis at in Houston. Derek Lewis's home didn't oh, have a, didn't have the best showing last time uh, with Cyril gone. He's got to stop fighting in Houston. Yeah, <laughs> uh, home field advantage for him, but Ty comes in with all the energy, and you know, it, I've I've seen the buildup, and he's training out in Dubai, at, and it was actually almost by mistake because there was a point where he was training here in San Jose with uh with Daniel Cormier at AKA went out to Dubai because he was pretty much kicked out of his, his country because he, he was trying to train, but he couldn't find training partners or the, he, I, I guess you get in trouble if you're training out there, they'll, they'll like cite you or something like that because you're, you're not obeying the mandates, but he had oh, to okay. pretty much fly and, and move and relocate to, to Dubai. Ah, and to now, get training. Yeah. Now he, he took, he takes it seriously and he pretty much has a training camp that's uh surround pretty much built around him and it, it shows. I mean, he must be he looked, nice. <laughs> uh, he looked pretty good. There was, it was very surprising at how much clinch and wannabe wrestling was going on uh, early in the fight. Um, hey, wannabe, but that was a legit Uchigari takedown yes. by Lewis. That was legit. Yeah. And I, he's been practicing and I, that. And I got to tell you, like I was joking with my friends and I think I mentioned this in last week's episode that, you know, Lewis might try to turn this into an MMA fight. You might, you might go for some, a little bit of wrestling here. And then he almost, and Lewis almost put him away. Mm. Lewis almost put Ty away in the first, in the first round. Yeah, he was, he was that was miraculous. For a little bit. Oh, it was miraculous that Ty like saw the second round. I yeah. thought it was miraculous. I mean, every time we see these big, heavy hitting heavyweights hit each other, it's just, it's inhuman. It, it mean, really is. Um, un- unreal. Ugh. Tai Tuivasa is 6'2", man. That's a big dude. Yeah, 6'2", and Derek Lewis is still taller than him. Yeah. And that, the, that's how and huge had, these guys the are. They fucking limit. 265? How many fucking people is that? <laughs> but they don't even look You mean I can't have a cheeseburger this week? <laughs> I know. Imagine what, dude, they have probably the best uh, nutrition, <laughs> the best nutrition plan or the best. I mean, some of these guys are huge, but. Taito Ivasa doesn't look that big or, or it's just TV, right? It could be TV and everything relative, right? You have, he's standing next to another heavyweight. He's probably got big dudes in his camp. You know, the referees aren't tiny. So it's every, it's every, it's relative to what you're seeing. The frame of reference you're using on TV, yeah. it doesn't tell the whole truth. I bet you if like Ty were standing next to me right now, I'd feel like an ant, yeah. you know? So, but that, but that, that fight was such a great firefight. I had to watch that one again just yeah. because it was so fun. Me too. Um, you know, Lewis, I think he, Lewis had a good game plan going in, but mm-hmm. you know, as the old saying is you live by the gun, you die by the gun, you know, and Ty got the great started off with a good right hand and that yeah. just shook Lewis's world and then finished him with an elbow that just face planted him. And that's going to be a highlight reel Forever, for dude. months to come in the heavyweight division for Ty's uh, YouTube highlights. I'm <laughs> telling you, man. Now he's probably going to make a ton of money. Like I, he was probably making money already yeah. just based off the bonuses he was making. But dude, I, I noticed he's with those guys, the Nelk boys. Those guys are, uh, they're, they're trying to come up in an MMA somehow. Uh, they have this thing called the full send podcast where they do, they have guests like Khabib and they've only been on for what, probably like less than a year, but dude, 
they they've come up so far where now they're trying to sign um fighters to to almost like they're they're managing fighters at this point wow but okay to put uh, just as a side note ty has been trying to expand his his reach as well he came up with his own shui device called the shui vasa if you don't know what that is it because you know you, you shoot the shui thing that's i'd do it i mean i'd do it if if i could if i was with him but people it's covid and you don't want to put you don't want to put your fucking foot in your mouth so he well, made even this, before COVID, yeah, yeah. i mean god damn dude <laughs> yeah. it's just like it's dude he was going after the cage well he's going to first, yeah explain what the shui vas explain what the device yeah. is I, I haven't heard of this so he I haven't heard of this so he came up with this idea because it's such a big you know phenomenon where it's pretty much a little spout, kind of like the spouts that you put on the whiskey bottles and at the bars when you're making okay. drinks and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there's, I think it looks almost like a urethane or like plastic or rubber piece that l- resembles a shoe because, you know, it has to be, it has to look like a shoe because it's got the shoe Vasa, right? But okay. on uh, on the rear part, that's where you can either stick a bottle or like a can to to use as your, you know, whatever you're drinking. So if you're drinking hard liquor, you put some hard liquor back there or you, or if you're drinking just a beer, you put a beer in there. So mm-hmm. it pretty much just looks like you're doing a, a shoey, but a very sanit- sanitary way. Well, you know, you're, it, you're, you were talking about endorsements and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, Someone give this guy a shoe deal, yeah. like an actual shoe. Oh, see, like there should, Hello. someone should, someone should give him an actual shoe, dude. And then he'd make commercials. He's Under drinking Armour. out of the shoe. Oh, but I'm going to say this, okay? Like after the fight, you know, his, he's fooling himself. The fans are loving it. He's doing shoeies like all the way back to the locker room. All right, starting from cage <laughs> yeah, side. Yeah. Fucking gross, dude. Some doctors got to tell me, can you get athlete's foot of the mouth? Dude, he was probably, doing so many shoes. I probably. don't know, man. I hope that I hope the alcohol and the beer was like killing whatever was in those was in those shoes. Like, it's like, come on. But hey, I mean, yes, I think you, I think you nailed that. I think a star is born right here. Yeah, and, and I think the MMA world loves it. I mean, he's a knockout artist. He's not. He ain't afraid. He wants that smoke. Mm-hmm. Right. And talk to talk, he's got, man. he's got the, yes, he's got the charisma on the yeah. mic and, and he, now he's got a thing, right? The shoey, he's got this thing that people can identify with him. Well, not only that, his, those clips go viral, man. Like mm-hmm. ESPN MMA repost them. And then I've seen all these other like big influencer, uh, IGs are just pushing that. So it's reaching man. So hopefully this can translate to higher ranking because Derek Lewis was three i think he was number three so tied to avasa probably takes that maybe goes four what was he before was tie five he was 11 or, oh was he about far that yeah. far back yeah oh man okay and okay rightfully so because to take someone's ranking you got to fuck them up like that right i guess I, yeah. I i still haven't seen the algorithm that they use for it but i mean He's yeah, definitely fucking mean shit. Anyway. They're just <laughs> making it up. They're just trying to make money, dude. <laughs> it helps. It helps with the, it helps with the conversation. And that's what you yeah. want. Right? I mean, Derek Lewis, have a conversation about it. Derek Lewis had how many, he, he was, he had a title shot and has no wrestling. He has. Hey man, up. we just talked about his Uchigari, okay? Come on. <laughs> All right, that leg trip was beautiful. Stop it actually on, was. Stop though, hating man. on the guy. Hey, can I tell you something? Yeah. Even though he lost. And remember last week I was talking about how it drove me crazy that Derek Lewis could still win some of these fights mm-hmm. by being so technically 
incorrect and having yeah. zero grappling. She's a baller, and the, but man, what a G. Yeah. And what a real hey, showing that he was willing to go from striking to grappling and then back to striking. I I much respect to Derek Lewis. Okay. I mean, he I think I think I became a fan more of a fan now because of this loss than yeah. from any of his previous wins. Yeah. Just because he showed something. He really showed something, you know, and yeah, he evolved and, for sure. Yeah. And who's going to, who's going to still be able to stay awake after being hit yeah. by a, an elbow from Ty Tuvasa. I mean, there's Vasa, no, no, no shame wow. in going to sleep to that. Come on. That guy's in his like mid twenties. Ah, he's got futures bright. If he could stay healthy, Dude, right? Seriously. And imagine, Imagine what happened or what happens with him ne- next, you know? I think Sorogan's mm. two, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if that's a good matchup. Maybe. I think Sorogan uh, gets a title shot. Well, he already fought. Another, already fought oh, that's, oh, yeah. Wait, oh, wait, that's right. Wait a minute. What was I saying? No, who gets the title shot? Um, wait, Francis. Well, Francis needs, he's getting knee surgery, right? Yeah. Oh, so okay. There's got, so I think what's happening next, not to interrupt you, but. No, I no, think go for it. There's, I'm a, still thinking there's a too. rumor going around that interim belt is probably going to be coming soon because they're trying to figure out Francis and uh, his contract. So I think right. it's going to be Jones and Stipe. That's what that's what the word is. Can I tell you? I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't yeah. be mad and, at that. And by the way, I apologize that I forgot that Francis and Cyril gone recently fought. Yeah. I don't know why. That there's a lot of fights, skipped, dude. Skip my mind, but I think. But I think Cyril Gaon poses a lot of problems for a lot of heavyweights because yes. of his style. So I, I don't know who would you, so like if you have Stipe and John Jones for the interim yeah. title, right? And I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I want to see, I want to see how that would unfold. What do you do with uh, Cyril Gaon? Hmm. I think with Cyril Gaon, I feel like you almost have to, bring him back down to maybe like top 10 and give him like a, a tune up because we're so going to want to see like a gatekeeper. Yeah. Or, we're gonna, like a, or just get him, give him something that'll give him a win because mm-hmm. he's obviously going to be the future of the division, right? He just needs to learn how to, he just needs to kind of evolve the way Izzy evolved. Yeah. Cause it's almost the same package, just, just a bigger weight class. Right. So maybe give him a can, maybe even the top 10, which is kind of hard, you know, maybe a, I don't know, Kyle Dawkins, some, you know, like some, someone who's, someone yeah. who's number eight or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. seven, and maybe then, someone who's, who's willing to try to make their name off. Yeah. Of because show that you could keep them away, show that you could keep them down. Yeah. Can, Cause can you imagine whoever wins out of steep and, uh, whoever wins out of a steep and, uh, sorry about that. Oh, hey, so, yeah, sorry, I cut out there. No, so you're probably going to hear me going, hello, hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the winner is Stipe and John Jones. Uh, whoever wins that most likely or almost has to fight Cyril Gunn or Taito Avasa. That, that's like the big four right there. Mm. If, if like Cyril Gunn wins his next one yes. in a dominating fashion. Yes. And probably Taito Avasa is probably going to have to take another fight, right? Yeah. And he's got to win that one, whatever that is. Fabricio for two. I always Fabricio do for two. Fabricio for two. Man, so many good fights, man. Did you yeah. see the, the Moicano and uh, Hernandez fight? You know, I, I got to tell you something. 
this event was happening during the yeah during the fight. Warriors Warriors the Lakers Warriors game. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was so I, on my device. I'm watching the fights, and on my TV, I'm watching the game. And there and and honestly, the Warriors should have been should have been smacking the Lakers, yeah. and they were for a little bit. And then the Lakers closed the gap. So then during the last quarter and a half, it turned into a real tight game and a really good game. And so I was half paying attention, not even, maybe not even half paying yeah. attention to UFC. Uh, so I missed that Moicano fight. That's okay. How did, how did that unfold? Well, Alexander Hernandez came in, you know, he always comes in pretty hot and uh, he was, he was, he was nailing Moicano pretty bad uh, on the feet and on the, and kind of on the ground also. But, you know, Moicano trusted his jujitsu and man, he, his jujitsu is pretty damn good. Like he, he snapped this rear naked choke real quick on, on Hernandez and he was probably going to go to sleep. Was that in the first round? No, that was actually round two. Oh, round two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, other fights that were on here that were pretty good. Bobby Green looked really good. I mean, it was, a, it was, you know, it was a long, long fight, but. Bobby Green looks good, especially for being I, a vet. I, I got to tell you, he's got a, a, a style that. Yeah, he changed. Think, it's actually changed, if you think. Yeah. And he's got a style that I think is aesthetically pleasing that um, oh, yeah. people who are maybe more casual fans yeah. of MMA could probably latch on to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because he has that super confident style. And he talks. Why, why talks. And then yeah. it's like, why does he keep his hands down? But, oh, man, he's still able to hit his target. Yeah. And how come the other guy can't hit him? Um, but, uh, Nazareth was a game. I he think Nazareth, Nazareth could only do so much. I think the speed differential was just a little too much. And, oh, and Nazareth had his moments, but yeah. it was just the speed differential was just, was just too much. You know, Bobby was so fast that Nazareth literally had his hands up the entire time. He had his hands up just on guard, but he yeah. wasn't even punching with him. Like well, he, was, he just kept it up. Like, I, yeah, it's hard it, with that high closed cage guard. It's hard to counterpunch from that position. Yeah, you know, it's a more protective guard. Um, so he, he did what he could, but yeah. Bobby Green was super impressive. And I think with that kind of showing, I know John Anik was calling for him to be put on a main card uh, yeah, sometime no. soon. He probably it, 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 he's a big big fan of his style. Apparently, co-main on a main, or he could even headline one if he really wanted to. Maybe like on a free fight night yeah. thing, maybe something on ESPN plus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But can we talk a little bit about the old guard on sure. that card? Can we talk about two of them? Let's talk about Andre Arlovsky. Ooh. Bet. Right. And let's talk about Roxanne Modafferi. Right. Yeah. So for like, so Roxanne. Legends. Oh yeah. I mean, Ro Roxanne for her retirement fight. I mean, she showed out. I mean, she. And I got to tell you, like, it was kind of inspirational watching Roxy go because she's, she, you know, you say, you, you see people get older and you could see the, kind of their skills fade maybe, but with Roxy older, yeah, her striking style is a little awkward, but she got better. She looked balanced, even the exchanges, you know, and she lost the decision, you know, and, and Casey O'Neill deserved to win, but big props to Roxy, you know? Yeah. She, I mean, she's such a pioneer in the sport, even before the whole like Ronda Rousey thing. And 
I remember she used to wear those. She used to wear like the Dragon Ball Z getup. Yeah, that's right. I was like, I damn, this chick is badass. Bro. I think that's still her main photo on her Instagram yeah. too. It's like her as Vegeta or something. <laughs> Dude, anybody, any girl that that's down with Dragon Ball Z, man. 25 and 20. Holy fuck, man. Oh, man. Yeah. And, like, and, and to go out like that, like, even though it was a loss, it wasn't like a bad loss. No, just Casey it wasn't, was a beast, man. Yeah. And, and Roxy was going at it. Roxy was working the takedowns, actually got a couple of takedowns too. You know, and I, I kind of feel like, I think Casey O'Neill got surprised in a way, like, oh, shoot, like this girl's kind of beating me up a little bit. Yeah. And so Casey won by kind of sheer volume. Man, Roxanne Modafferi, that's so impressive. And Andre Arlovsky, talk about getting still, older, still but still getting it, better. Man. man, remember like in his prime, he was kind of that, that explosive power guy. He's still a power guy now, yeah. but is it just me or is just he's more fluid now? Yeah. Right? He's throwing kicks and he's actually cerebral and strategic with how he's fighting. He understands where the score is in the middle of the fight. So he's doing just enough. Uh, I su- super impressive by Andre Olovsky and his performance um, against uh, Jared Van Vandera. So uh, I just wanted to give big shout outs to these old old folks yeah. uh, holding it down for us uh, senior citizens in the martial yeah. arts world. Dude, they keep giving Andre these like young lions and like these up and comers. These guys that are trying to build their yeah. name on it, man. That's what it is. He's beating their ass. I love it. He I looks like a, he almost looks like a werewolf. still looks like a werewolf to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like back when he was a champ, when he was juicing and like all this stuff, he just looked like a fucking beast. And then now he just looks kind of like a, like a, like a bigger overweight beast, but he still looks like a, like a, like a werewolf. Still looks like a guy at the end of the bar. You really don't want to fuck yeah, with. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, any other fights around here? There was, oh, the Kyler Phillips was pretty good i missed that one yeah he, he's, i missed he a looks, lot of these <laughs> that guy looks like he's he's gonna do things so keep keep an eye out for that guy he's a pretty unique name too man. so other than that man that freaking fight of the night with <laughs> douglas silva dion drives man. man i just couldn't just get it out zero of my head. defense <laughs> zero defense and is it just me like a lot of these um submissions that happen in mma kind of came to come as a result of almost getting knocked out yeah you know what i mean so it's not the standard took you down past your guard you gave up your back no rear naked choke don't get me wrong that still happens in mma but a lot of times in these fights it's more like left hook boom oh he's dropped oh he gave up his back oh he's he's out you know what i mean so um, that's, this was an example of one of those. That's exciting that's where, though. I'm here for it. <laughs> isn't that where jujitsu is like scary? It's like, okay, if you don't know how to strike just in case you get freaking caught in the face and then you get, you get submitted. So it's, oh. it's always good to know both guys. I think, I think it's one of those things as a, you know, as a fellow jujitsu practitioner, it's one of those things you want to keep in mind when you're working from, from different positions, because you also want to think about, wait, can I get hit here? Yeah. You know what I mean? Can someone like poke me in the eyes from this position? And I think it's one of those things that could make training a little bit more interesting too. Yeah. Uh, to, to keep you honest as well. So you're not just sitting in a, like, say, um, a knee shield half guard yeah. where usually you would be grip fighting there, but then you also have to think, 
you know, this guy could te- theoretically punch be face, punch, yeah. punching me in the face. Yeah, I should yeah. probably adjust this position, force yourself uh, to move and defend yourself. But anyway, uh, yes, no both, guys. <laughs> <laughs> there's an event this weekend, though. To, I guess there's there's always that ebb and flow of big fight card then kind of like mediocre card but well you need a breather yeah you need a breather yeah so this one <laughs> remember this was supposed to be Rafael dos Anjos versus Rafael Faziv right and Faziv had some visa issues so now it's Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill oh man I, you know honestly like Johnny Walker is pretty box office already yeah I mean, exciting guy. Here's a guy who, like, I don't know, like, what, what, what's what's one of those tech those techniques that how do how, how do this how would you describe Johnny Walker if you were trying to describe mm-hmm. it as somebody who like who's an MMA fan but maybe they they've never seen Johnny Walker fight before? If like, I can just now, which Johnny Walker are we talking about, right? Because he was a beast <laughs> in the beginning. And then when he was doing that dumb shit after he fucked up his, his shoulder <laughs> and then he had fought. Um, so guys, what Sean is talking about is that Johnny Walker won this one fight one, <laughs> and, and then, in, and then he hurt himself celebrating after he won the yeah. fight, like blew in the cage. Out, yeah. He blew his own shoulder out celebrating. So. Ever since then, he's never been the same. <laughs> I think he's still the same. Dude, he got I think, fucking, he, I, he got I think mentally he's the same, but I think. <laughs> yeah. He got kicked by freaking Corey Anderson. Yes. Oh, yes. Man. But Johnny Walker, he's super young too, man. I think yeah. he's, he's also in his like late twenties, but. Yeah, athlete extraordinaire. Yeah, I, athlete extraordinaire. I don't know where he's training at now because I remember he 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 was moving around a little bit, and then now uh, I think that his previous in his past two fights he was with John Kavanaugh at SBG in in Ireland, which was kind of kind of weird, right? Hmm. I wonder what that's about. I wonder how they got hooked up. Dude, I mean, I who knows? Maybe he was just a fan of of what they do over there. But I mean, I don't. I can't imagine. There's a lot of big guys out there because he's uh he's pretty much a light heavyweight, probably could could fight at heavyweight as well. Yeah, big um, frame. And who who knows? Like Jamal Hill, I mean, I watched his fight against uh who was it that I just it was just last night also. Oh, he fought uh OSP. Oh, and right. Okay. Jamal Hill, he's he's no joke, man. And and his frame kind of fits light heavyweight to where it's almost like an is like an Izzy factor where right. middleweight, he's so tall and lanky that he has that reach and he's faster than most of the guys. So who knows if Johnny Walker is best for some reason, I feel like he's best suited as a heavyweight. Maybe he has that um, advantage, that speed and strength advantage, but I think it's going to come down to, I think speed at this point, because Johnny Walker is fast and he's, he's kind of elusive and he's explosive, mm-hmm. but his past couple of fights, he's had a lot of trouble, um, especially in the grappling department, man. Like you would think him being Brazilian, you know, that's, is that racist to think, Oh, you're Brazilian. You should know jujitsu or your, your jujitsu should be up to par. But I mean, it really should be at this point if, if you're in the UFC, but Jamal Hill, I think probably has a speed advantage. So I'm going to predict this and I'm going to say Jamal Hill picks him apart. Maybe, you know, stoppage at third round. I, I'm I'm gonna agree with you because when you're Jamal Hill and you fight an OSP, 
yeah. and you can do that well. Because OSP is super, he's athletic. He's he super, Jones. And he's super awkward too. Yeah. And so like, even though there's a big experience gap between the two in terms of the amount of fights, yeah. I'm going to go with Jamal Hill too. I'm, gonna, I'm also going to go with Jamal Hill. I'll, I'll ride with you on that. And, and going back to like, you know, how much jujitsu, you know, I don't know if anyone's drawn a graph on this, but I kind of feel like in MMA, you can draw uh, an XY graph and that line, that the heavier the weight class, the amount of jujitsu knowledge kind of goes down and down and down yeah. in terms of cumulatively, right? You'll, you'll have the, you'll have the X factors and the, the exception, but I think cumulatively the, uh, the, the ground proficiency goes down the yeah. higher the weight yeah. class is. <laughs> I don't, totally. they ever, like, I think it becomes more of a reliance on athleticism and then timing as a, as the size increases. So yeah, I'll go with Jamal Hill. Nice. What round? Uh, I'll go with second. Uh, let's go second round stoppage. Fuck. We're not giving Johnny Walker any chance on this. Huh? Well, you know, I, sometimes it, these super athletic guys like, yeah. like Johnny, it's like they just put themselves in trouble. They do, man. And, and maybe uh, he just needs more experience in like another league or something. It's just too hyphy here in, in the UFC. Maybe. The, the level Wait, is just too big. You know, he keeps it exciting though. He and does. So... I think the UFC does like that and the fans like it too. <laughs> I don't know how they don't, they don't like, they didn't push him harder. Like Johnny Walker, that's your fucking name. You should have, whis- <laughs> you should have a Johnny Walker whiskey sponsorship by now as a UFC fighter. You know, I got to tell you though, you, you, you know what you said earlier, it still holds true. You, you can have all that. You got to win though. Yeah. Got to win. That's true. I mean, other fights on this dude, Jim Miller doing a damn thing. Look at that. Good for all, oh, man. That, speaking of old heads, man, Jim Miller, yeah. I got to give it up to that guy. I mean, the sport's catching up to him, you know, especially at that weight class. Yeah. I mean, it's, these it's guys a, are lines. Lines done. Oh, I mean, and, and they're at, you're at a weight class where everyone's fast. They're athletic. They're, prof, they're efficient technically, right? They've got stamina. I mean, God damn. Look how many fights he has, dude. I heard he has the most UFC fights. Is that true? I don't know if that's I, true. Don't uh, quote me on that. I, but I thought I heard something to that effect yeah. where like he spent like the most time in the cage out of like yeah. number of people, like top three of He's most time spent inside the UFC cage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. What about what about the uh Abdul Razak Al Hassan versus Joaquin? Spin kick Buckley. I wonder, did did Buckley find a fight camp? I don't that know, man. Because he that lost is, his last one, remember? Yeah, because, I mean, I, the word on Buckley, for those who don't know, is that incredible talent, but just kind of like a hard much, yeah. training partner to keep in the gym because uh, kind of wild in the sparring and kind of didn't take care of his training partners. I yeah. think... Even one of his old teammates used the word selfish to describe mm. him. Um, mm. But the talent is undeniable. Yeah. You've seen some of his, his, his work. <laughs> okay. so, so I don't know how this fight's going to unfold because sometimes there are people that thrive in that type chaos in their lives. Yeah. You know, like they, they like how things are unsettled in their lives. But I think in the in professional competition, that's not a recipe for long-standing success. Yeah. It might help you through the beginning 
and but I, it might keep you at the mid card level, you know. So I so I don't know what his situation is. If he's if he's got like a real camp that he's been able to a real team that he's riding with that he's sticking with that they they accept him and he's willing to work with them. I think that's what that fight will ride on. Yeah. Cause dude, who, who was the one that made a song about him? Was it Kanye? Somebody about made a Buckley? song about him. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. It, was, oh, it had to do with it. the, it had to do with I guess the you've made it. <laughs> yeah. But dude, he's, he's a small, he's too small for this weight class. I think Abdul Raz, uh, Razak Al-Hassan is, he's much bigger dude. So I think he's probably going to be able to muscle him unless Joaquin can pull off some like crazy striking exchange because he's so the head kick is solid you know yeah so are you saying then al-hassan his key is to kind of turn it into a, yeah, more of a grappling exchange him. yeah so like rush him up against the cage exactly yeah 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 I okay think so. yeah i think that's what you do against athletic guys like buckley yeah. someone i'm i'm looking forward to seeing fight is gabriel benitez not not sure if you know who Gabriel Benitez is. I, I don't know who he is, but, but he's dude, got like 31 fights. Dude, he's had like 10 fights in the UFC. No one's ever like really, you know, like no one really pays attention to him. But dude, I feel bad. Won. I'm one I of mean, those people. <laughs> yeah, he's I mean, he's traded wins and losses, but dude, he's had 10 fights in the UFC and he lost his last one. But I mean, dude, he's had a bunch of fights and he's kind of like a highlight reel too, man. Like he's either getting finished. Or he's finishing somebody. <laughs> so that, that to me, I le- <laughs> you got to have those. What, what, what were we talking about earlier? Like live by the gun, die by the yeah, gun. Yeah, dude. So I'm looking forward to that. He's fighting a, a relatively new guy. So maybe this is a cam. <laughs> yeah. I mean that like, he's fighting. He, let's see. Gabriel's got 31 fights. David yeah. Onama, nine fights. I mean, something's, well, we'll see what goes on with there. Who knows, man. Um, local fighter, uh, Jessica Rose Clark. She's fighting she, also. Where does she train out of? CSA. She's at CSA. Oh, is she? Okay. Yeah. Right. So she's over there with Piccolotti, um, Gaston oh, Pico- Milano's. Piccolotti's also guys. at CSA? Yeah. So what, what okay. happened was, uh, um, I think, because so, Piccolotti was training at uh, AKA for, for a bunch, they just started to right. cross train. So, you know, the, all those guys know each other, man. Like Javier yeah, Mendez I, and, I and Kieran, they all know each other. Yeah. Yeah. Wh- because wasn't Piccolotti over at Ra- uh, Raul Castillo yeah, but dude, in Half Moon Bay for a while? Yeah, but if you think about it, he you know he was fighting for Bellator, dude. He he did the right thing by trying to get better and leaving his home camp because Raul Castillo. I mean, don't get me wrong, that that's a great place to train. Right, it's a great camp, but training at AKA pr- pretty much, you know, it got him to the level where he can now fight at at Bellator, and he's he's a big deal in Bellator. Like he gets all yeah. The, the press when, when he fights, well, not all the press, but he's, he's always put on the main card usually. Yeah. I and, do remember watching on Bellator when I would go to Bellator down in San Jose, he'd yeah. be like always on those prelims. So I, I, it's kind of cool watching yeah. it from the ground and floor. He's got some and good highlights, man. So, um, so yeah, Jessica Rose Clark, she trains out of CSA now and she has a, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that because uh, Stephanie Edgar, I, I've never really heard of her, but it seems like she's been trading wins and losses. And this is only like her third fight. She's super tall, though. That's the thing, man. Oh, Stephanie? Yeah, dude. She's 5'8. Okay. So, uh, but you know, sometimes depending what weight class is this, straw weight? 
It seems or flyweight. That's a good question because I know that Stephanie Egger fought at 35, but she fought Tracy Cortez. That's a oh, different. Wow. That's a different. That's a different weight class. It's got to be a different weight class. Because mm. sometimes that height at a certain weight class can go yeah. against you. Because if it's if you're you got that height, but you're too <clears throat> at too light of a weight class, sometimes yeah. you don't have the power to make them respect your long jab. Yeah. And so they'll, they'll just kind of plow through your strikes and close the distance. So I, I'd be curious to see how that plays out. Yeah. But it looks like it's going to be at 35. I mean, Jessica Rose Clark, she's been a 35er pretty much most of her. her okay. Career. So. All right. Hopefully she wins. I think at that weight. Yeah. I think at that weight, you, you're going to have to respect the height then. I think because if, if it was any lighter than that, maybe Jessica could probably just yeah. mow through. What do you but think? If, of, what do you think the tattoos on the face of a woman? Oh, depends on the that. tattoo. Depends <laughs> on the tattoo. <laughs> if you're a badass like that, you can have anything on your face. Right? Which one has that tattoo, Jessica or Stephanie? Yeah, Jessica Rose Clark has. Oh, good for her. Some tattoos on her face, and I'm like, wow, that's kind of hot. It's called dedication. <laughs> Doing it for the culture. Doing it for the gram. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, any other fights here? I didn't see any that, that whose names kind of stuck out to me, to be quite honest. Veteran Chas Skelly. Good Lord. He's been fighting for a minute. Chas Skelly. Yeah, dude. Where have I seen that name? He fought. I guess, I guess he's been around for a while. He's been, so, a, but, he's been around for a while. But yeah, he's, he's a vet. Other than that, it should be solid. I mean, it's not going to blow your hair back, but at least we still get fights and we'll still have something to talk about next week. Yeah. Need <laughs> yeah. content. <laughs> Yeah. So we'll move on to some current events. Did you see this? Henry Cejudo reveals that he reached out to Corey Garbrandt and he says he just wants to guide him. You know, Henry Cejudo, he's starting to make a difference in a lot of people's lives, man. I think he's kind of um, fashioning himself as some sort of guru, huh? I mean, that's a good Um, angle to work. Yeah, I mean, like... Look, I mean, he's got like a couple of, I mean, what, Davison's now a champion mm-hmm. again. Um, Wang's, I think Sudo. Yeah, that's right. I think, I mean, it sounds like he, he's also the kind of guy that can't stand it when uh, people aren't talking about him, too. Yeah, yeah. So there might be a little bit of that going on. A little bit but of there might be a little, Yeah, but there, there might also be just a, a legit feeling oh, on his do. part that, yeah. man, I could help this person. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, Cody does need, need something to go yeah, go down because sure. remember he was kind of heralded as the next one after yeah. what he did to dominic cruz um so we'll see what do you think do you think that's a good fit i think it is because the the proof is in the pudding man if you think i mean whaley zhang looked pretty good against rose she you know she she just needs to kind of put it together a little bit more yeah and figueredo that's his champ um john jones is training He's got john over there. jones there now yeah dude, there's a lot right. of people training there now dude and uh, it's, I think the gym's called Fight Ready with that guy, Eddie Chaz, one of the uh, striking coaches. Shout out to Asian Power. See? Where are, where are they at? Are they like- They're in, in Arizona. Uh, Arizona? Okay. I figure yeah. it's and, like one of those They states. also yeah. use like cutting edge technology with, I forget what they, there's, there's, there's this company that he endorses that uses a lot of, a lot of biomolecular science mm. in their training. So they're taking it to the next level, man. Arizona is a hotbed, man. Chris Carriasso and them have- uh, rise combat air uh tucson and you know they have a bunch of guys that are fighting in like lfa and right right and they got casey kenny in the ufc and they cross train so there's a lot of 
talent in Arizona. So anyone that goes to Arizona, I think now, especially in that type of town, it's, you don't have that crazy, you know, L. Because dude, Cody, what does he live in like L.A. or something like that? That's probably too much distraction. He has you know, a I hot Asian Cody, girl. I thought uh, Cody was Asian training drink. up in Sacramento. Yeah, I think he was splitting time. Oh wait, you know what? Also, he was with Mark Henry. So he was spending time out in in uh, New York or not New York? Uh, is it Jersey? Jersey. Yeah. Jersey. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, he's an East Coast guy. And man, yeah, I kind of feel like yeah, if you are a pro, high level pro, you do need like a one base of operations because yeah. you could spread yourself too thin and kind of yeah, like really wear yourself and, and out going to different camps. Sometimes that stuff works for people, but I don't think that's when when Cody went and got the belt. He was just with one camp and, and that was like, you know, it was Faber's camp. And after he started making a bunch of changes and he lost to TJ, lost to freaking Pedro. Did he lose to Pedro Munoz? Too? Like he just kept losing. And it's just a racking up the yeah. losses. Yeah. So maybe this might be a good thing. And I, maybe he, I think he should strongly consider this. But, you know. well, I mean, like, well, it'll def- definitely get people talking. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but good for Sue is going to start his own little church pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, he has that. He's on the the hot boxing podcast with Mike Tyson. It's he's good, gonna. Man. That's it's good for him, man. He's gonna have people like putting up his pictures in their schools and yeah. stuff. <laughs> I will. I will say though, his commentary on Eagle FC was kind of bad. I didn't watch that. Was it bad? I watched uh, the Tyrone Spong, Karatana fight. Uh-huh. And dude, Tyron Spong got fucking smashed, dude. He uh, he got taken down. He got fucking ground and pounded. The, his, you know, Achilles heel. I think that's how you called it. I think that's yeah, how you dude, called it was going to happen. Because he's not a, fu- he's a fucking kickboxer, man. And he's uh, been doing kickboxing so long that there's no amount of, because I remember he was with the Black Zillions for a little bit. Then he went to Henry Hoofs for a little bit. Um, But dude, you got to, you got to be grappling. You got to have something, man. Yeah, it's it goes beyond four yeah, months of he sprawl even, training. He couldn't even technical <laughs> get up, dude, or he couldn't even get out of half guard. Like he yeah. need, he needed to just get back to his guard. But Karatanov, no, no joke, dude. Anyway, did you see that? Oh, did you see the next one, dude? Uh, no, no. Hunter Boone it to me. mutilates head in alleged cage malfunction. So I read this article. Where was dude, this at? Was this in? This the is just like a local show. Okay, like some regional local show in like fucking i don't know in the sticks or something so i read it and he i think what happened was maybe he was caught up in some scramble and his head kind of rubbed up against the fence pretty hard maybe he was maybe he was shooting or dude the cut i think it was like maybe 20 centimeters or something oh dude dude dude, that's like um that's like wwe yeah old nwa cage match stuff you know yeah, that move dude. that they you yeah. take your opponent and you rake their forehead yes. across the fence dude. to draw blood oh that's what God, that dude. shit is man it literally is and i'm looking at Was the it, picture now oh shit, shit, it's, it's uh, long, i don't know dude. i don't want to look i don't want to look you know how these kids they um it, when you when you go to a barbershop and you ask for the juice it's the tupac it's a Tupac <laughs> reference because it's, you know, that line that they use the, the razor for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they call it the juice, right? Okay, okay. It looks like That's the juice. Like? Oh, <laughs> but you can see his, like the inside of his fucking head and it's, it's pretty cooking. You know, I, I got to tell you, it's kind of miraculous that you 
you, there hasn't been more of that that's happened in yeah, the right? UFC or the old Strike Force cage or the Bellator cage. Haven't had issues with that. There is something to be said about making sure the promotion does good upkeep on the cage yeah, that's being dude. used. I've been at yeah. I've been at an event and I don't want to name the promotion <laughs> where where like I'm sitting cage side and the referee goes up to like one of the judges and starts yelling, starts yelling the name of the promoter and saying, so-and-so needs to do something about this cage because someone's going to get hurt and it's a terrible look for them. And I could tell what this referee was talking about because when you look around the edge of the cage, the foam that was holding the fence next to the mat was like coming out. There was like pieces of foam coming up Mm. from coming out of the pillars towards the inside of the cage. Mm. I mean, like these, yeah, absolutely terrible look. And it's just, if you're a fighter, you don't want to have to think about like, okay, this guy's going to hurt me. Oh yeah. And by the way, this cage might (laughs) kill me, you know? Oh my God. And I've, I've photographed, I've photographed a lot of local regional fights here. And uh, I'll tell you, I won't say the promotion. We all know what promotion it is, but I can't stress how many times I've seen the fights delayed because of cage. Uh, it, it just wasn't approved by the athletic commission. Like there was a point, there was one time where they had to take it apart. And we had to, I'm not going to name In the any names. The event? It was before because they can't start unless oh, they right, sign right. off on it. But I was just like, fuck man, I'm going to be here for another fucking two hours, but oh, they ended up God, getting fixed. Awful. But I'm not going to name the promotion. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been to ones, I've been to ones where they had to redo the ring. Oh, you know, it's just, yeah, dude. Cause that's uh, crazy, that's a mess. man. Cause you, can that's you imagine mess. transporting uh, the ring and you know, those things have to be tensioned right too, man. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably what it was. And remember we were, ta- I, I talked about this earlier, uh, this next article. Bisbing was getting criticized over his commentary. I think that was he. Yeah, I mean, the big thing what people were saying was that, um, I think they were thinking he was just a little bit biased because he was saying that Whitaker needs to do more than what he's doing to sway the judges from. Yeah, because remember, I, did you hear? Because remember, exactly I didn't hear the he commentary saying. until he was after. Saying- yeah, he was yeah. saying basically, this is when Whitaker was finding success with his left hand. Mm-hmm. And Bisping's point was like, he needs to do more than that. He needs to add on to more yeah. than that. And, I think what I think yeah. what other people were saying is like, well, if the left hand's working, you know, stay with it. I think this goes to the whole idea of, you know, fighters calling fights because they're going to want to steer the fight towards the style that they like. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Bisbing was a volume guy when he was active, mm-hmm. right? Bisbing was a volume guy. So yeah, if he saw someone just using their left hand, he'd be the kind of guy who would be like, Hey, throw the right hand and another left hand and throw a kick after that. So I think that's just more of just his own, um, yeah. cognitive bias. You know, DC can be kind of the same way when it comes to the grappling, yeah. you know, and the kind of throws, I think this is just a symptom of just having, uh, X fighter, yeah, of having X fighters doing commentary, and I think having people uh, uh, criticize them, I think is good for this entire business. Any kind of engagement that people uh, feed into the system, I think is the UFC wants. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. 
for Bisbing to get criticized of this. Yeah. And and I'm and and I'll tell you, I'm not a Bisbing fan. Like I think when he does the commentary on some of the fight nights, mm-hmm. I think he overwhelms the other commentators. Like I think he talks too much. <laughs> he totally oh yeah, he's overbearing. He's overbearing. Like when he's doing it's commentary, accent. it's his accent, but also I think what ESPN likes about him is that he speaks in a way that the casual fan can understand. Yeah, that's true. Like he's explaining everything that's going on because yeah. he's he's assuming that a casual or a non-fan might be tuning in. So he's trying to gauge interest. Um, so it's a little much for me. Yeah. Uh, but I think, uh, and I, I don't mean to ramble on here. I think him and DC have something together. Yeah. Like there's a little thing where they kind of, they debate a little bit, but they also ask each other questions. Mm-hmm. Like there's a point where DC said something and Bisbee said, you think so DC? It's like, yeah, da, da, da. And Bisbee would say something. Oh, I never thought of it that way. So it's kind of cool to yeah. see that interchange yeah, yeah. where like it was it. more of a conversation as opposed to one or the other um, kind of overtaking the entire broadcast. I mean, I don't yeah. know what you saw when you were listening to it. I mean, I I kind of enjoy Bisbing. I've been following his podcast also, so I'm kind of used to the way he talks. And I, you know, for me, I don't really take a lot of what he says seriously because he's such a joker on his own podcast. Right, right. Um, but I enjoyed it. I mean, it 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 adds a little bit of, uh, like you said, it adds a little bit of flavor to to everything, and it helps the casual fan understand everything because he does break it down really well. Um, and it's almost kind of like the dynamic that. Paul Felder and, and, uh, and, uh, fuck, I'm drawing, uh, Dominic Cruz have where, you mm-hmm. know, they'll debate and they'll, they'll, they'll challenge each other's thing, but they, they always follow each other's bit, you know? So it's like, it's, it's never overbearing, but then I do agree. Bisming does talk a little bit too much and sometimes it's too much for my taste, but in the end, I kind of like it too. Man. It's, yeah. I think. I think it's for it's specifically he's there for the casual fan. I think yeah. that's why ESPN likes him, and yeah, uh, sure. he's good. I think he's good for that purpose. For for my money, I think I think three people in the booth is too much. Yeah. Like if 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 I if I had it my way, I would just have it John Anik and Paul Felder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that's that's that's, that's, good, that's a good dynamic. That that would be like my team, yeah. and, that, and that's it. Like sometimes I zone in and I'm, I kind of ignore everything around me. And I forget that there are people around me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So well, I'd be willing to try it. I'd be willing yeah, to try right? it. Uh, hopefully like I'm like, I'm not super dull. <laughs> I did it once. I've, like, uh, I've had a girlfriend, yeah. uh, a girlfriend break up with me because of something like that. <laughs> I think we went to a baseball game and this is back when like Barry Bonds was still playing. Yeah. And I was so focused on the game. Like I completely ignored the girl that was with me. Oh, <laughs> shit. We broke up shortly afterwards. Uh. <laughs> It's all good. I mean. It's like, hey, come on, man. Barry's chasing the record over here. What yeah. the hell? Hey, that was a big uh, deal, pers- right? Perspective, all right? Let's get, get things in context, lady. That was a big deal. <laughs> what, you, uh, what you got going on this weekend? Uh, this weekend, it's nothing nothing too big. Uh, I'm doing another, got a couple clients. I'm doing another BJJ workshop nice. over at uh, Sama. Uh, so it should be, should be a good time. How about you? You know, I think we're going to take it easy this weekend. Probably just hang out. Probably hang out. Watch these fights. Um, nothing exciting. I think there we're going to go. We're going to probably try to do something bigger later on in the year. But just trying to stay local. And hey, mask mandate is lifted as of what? Today? 
Is that yeah, how it I, is I right think, now? I think today, so like businesses have the option to yeah. like not require it. If they people still gonna things. Work. I'm still. I think. Work. I, yeah, I think like you know, I'm around kids during yeah. classes, and they're and the kids are used to it. They're not complaining about it. And so we're going to, uh, at our school at Hopkins USA, we're going to, we're going to keep our masks on in the kids' classes, uh, in adult classes, we're keeping it optional. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome, man. Can't wait for the, uh, I feel like business for martial arts schools right now is, is starting to, f- starting to flourish. I, I was at Evolve, um, the other day for my, my kids Muay Thai class and, um, dude, there's, there's a lot of kids now, man. So I, I feel like hopefully with the whole lifting of the mask mandate and everything like that, maybe these local businesses will start to finally get it back together and, and finally get done with this shit. Yeah. Well, you know, like a lot of these schools are doing really well the past few months. Yeah. Right. Like really well, like, uh, uh, Sama and Penol. I know Hapkirio say we're doing great. Yeah. Sama and Penol, they've been like, I mean, I think this is the highest enrollment he's had since he's been at that location. Yeah, so, well, when you have um, a good kids program, also like Hapkido USA, man, dude, those guys could pay your bills, bro. Yeah, parents, bring it in, bring, bring it, it in, in for us. But, <laughs> and it's also great because John, I know John, and I know Sama, and my niece goes over there. He does amazing things with kids over there. So it's cool that you're you're a part of that, man. Yeah, I feel I feel honored to be a part of anything like that. You know, anything that can positively impact young person's life and uh, help uh, build a productive member of society. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining us again. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button over there. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash at sign Sean underscore Pierre underscore. What's yours? Hopkey one on Instagram, Hopkey 11 on Twitter. Don't forget to visit Hapkido USA there in the sunset. Don't forget to get your training in with Travis Magala Jiu-Jitsu, Fight Culture in Daily City, Sama Martial Arts, and Pinol, you animals. <laughs> and don't forget to watch the fights. There's also other fights, too. I think there's a Bellator. There's a PFL, I think, also. Yeah, there's. I think there's a lot there's going a, on. Oh, so there you go. I'm going to be fucking busy. Be watching all there you go. Fights. Watch a lot of fights. I'm just going <laughs> to sell my kids. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Have a good weekend, guys. Enjoy the weather. Peace. Peace.